between the right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal girth. Timeliners, only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. Basically, I told you, you have a very commanding voice. And you were like, thank you. I took a pause. I went, do you guys have choir? To the audience who doesn't know, Paz is Lutheran. I don't know very much about the church. They have a choir, evidently. You uh, were asked to be on the choir, or you yes. joined? No, I was asked. You were asked to, to be on the choir, and by who? By my pastor. By your pastor, who is not the choir director, I assume. Well, it's a small enough church. It was a small enough congregation that he was, yes. Oh, man. Okay. Can you just say what you said again, then? <laughs> yeah. So what I told Bird was he asked me to join the choir and to be a more active participant in it because the Lutheran church is rightly or wrongly called the singing church. And then as we were practicing and he was trying to give me vocal coaching lessons so that I could do this more effectively... It came out that I was so horrifically tone deaf that I then had to be removed from the choir. And this happened twice because he tried to salvage the whole operation <laughs> and then removed me again when it was clear <laughs> that the vocal lessons were doing no good whatsoever. Dude, there's a like a biopic in there somewhere. Yeah. Do you feel that uh, you uh do you feel that that period of your life had any influence on you as a as the person you are today? Probably not in direct, sort of front-facing, obvious ways, but it is definitely central enough to who I am that the influences are there. You know, in the way I think about things and the way I go about making decisions... Maybe more than yeah. aesthetic preferences or something. Yeah. What, was it like bothersome to you? Is it how old were you? Uh, yeah, how old were you? I guess when you, you, this started. Oh gosh. So, the beginning of my journey into religion. I was baptized as a kid, but my family never really attended the Methodist church they were a part of. So oh, my is that journey where you to baptized in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so my journey okay. to real Christian faith began uh, in sixth grade when I enrolled in the local parochial school because my parents didn't trust the public school district in our area. And then I remained in church-affiliated uh, parochial schools until the end of high school. So that would put it at, like, what, 10, what 11? What is a parochial school? Is that what I think it is? Like a stand, just a religious school? Yeah, just a church school. Yes. Oh, a church school. Yeah, okay. I went to a church school. Yeah. I went to a I think I guess they're all church schools when it's a Catholic school. I'm not sure. But yeah, I also did that from the age of when I started education until college. And um 
it it had no influence. I'm gonna be honest, man. I don't think it had any influence on me as a person at all. Um, I was just gonna say, I think I'd be an absolute scumbag if I went to a public school. You know, I'd be, I would be a dark and light. That's a great fucking point. Republican, if I did, <laughs> I know it, and I would hate that for myself. Uh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't arrogantly. I didn't think about the reverse point, which was, I don't feel that Catholic school influenced me. Because I wasn't thinking about what the other options of influence were. Now that I'm thinking about it, it, I, it must have influenced me in ways I can't understand. But I don't really know. Because I was the worst kid at the school. And it's impossible to say, right? Uh, in high school in particular, I was one of the worst kids in the school. Ad- I mean young adults in the school. And I don't mean by grades. I mean, like, I'm sh- like stuff where the statute of limitations is up on, but it's like, and I'm not <laughs> saying that to be boastful or anything. I, it's not, it's nothing. I mean, it's entertaining, right. but like I was selling pills to 13 year olds and like not good, it's like bad stuff. And I was only a 15 year old really, but not good stuff, you know, like bad stuff. Yeah, right legitimate harms in some causing harm yeah i am again i don't say this with a i say with a grin on my face because it's it's funny but in a tragic way i am certainly responsible for my own and uh, several other people's uh earliest days of addiction to substances uh no i I mean that and it's uh something you got to think about um i think i if i i'm so extrapolating the purpose of what I'm saying, me being one of the worst uh, per- people possible to have in a school with other children, I'm the reason why people choose to homeschool, and I'll be homeschooling also for that exact reason, because I know how bad it gets. But extrapolating that to where I would be at in public school, I, I could be dead, you know? I could be kept yeah. killed. Sure. And, you know, there's no way to know, so we have to be grateful for where we are. But I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily take stock of. That's right. We have to be thankful. Today is, uh... oh, no, it's Columbus Day. It's not Thanksgiving. Never mind. We don't have to be thankful today. I'm sure it's the same thing in some circles, right? I didn't even know what Columbus Day was about until 11 minutes ago. I'm talking to the lady. No, I'm talking to the lady, and I'm like... It's Columbus Day. She was like, yeah, I was reading about Columbus Day. Obvious reasons why she in particular would be reading about Columbus Day. And she was like, it turns out there was a massacre that took place in New Orleans in like the late 1800s. Yeah, man. I didn't know about this. And basically, William Henry, was it Benjamin Harrison? He, he turned it into Something a one-time like holiday. And then after... And it was called Columbus Day because the holiday was the, the celebration of Columbus's uh, voyage and landing happened to occur not long after the massacre. So they attached a like a massacre remembrance day to the Columbus Day holiday. And it was a massacre of Italian Americans. So the association between a massacre of Italian Americans and Columbus fuses. And then it's not, it's a, it was a one-time holiday. And then when Franklin Delano 
Roosevelt was the president of the United States during the internment of the Japanese, he also interred the, the Italians. And you know how Italians can be. They got so mad about it afterwards that he had to turn that one-time celebration of a massacre of Italian-Americans, which was associated with Columbus's voyage by chance, into a national holiday. And that's how it became a national holiday. Yeah, and to be more specific, if I'm recalling correctly, it wasn't like a massacre as in the state troops rolled in and started shooting people. I think it was a big lynching. It was lynching. Like very specifically, right, one of the biggest mass lynchings in American history. Yeah, wasn't it was it? one. Of, well, I think the biggest mass lynching in American history was against Italian Americans, but I don't think it was that one. I don't really know. Um, there's been a few uh, during the the. Um, there was also the uh, the rarely spoken of uh, massacre, uh, mass lynching during the um, protests uh, over the Civil War uh, in New York, which it was a massacre yes. of basically everybody who wasn't Irish uh, for some. So go figure. Well, that's the case because the Irish were the only ones who were willing to actually sign up for the volunteer regiments and just march off like, OK, this is fine. Right. <laughs> yes. They That's li- what that yeah. boiled down to. Yeah, I don't. The Irish are a di- may, are a different build of Caucasian, from what I understand. They're fighting Irish. They are the dog soldiers of the white or near white races. <laughs> is what they are. They done. It's kind of funny. I was <laughs> I was thinking about <clears throat> all of the, and I mean, this is not a pity parade. It's just funny. It just happens to be a bit at Catholics' expenses. But it's kind of funny that the major three Catholic holidays, basically ethnic groups that are Catholic, the three major ones in this country, and I'll I'll lay them out, all end up celebrating the the worst trait of the ethnic group. So St. Patrick's Day, you go get drunk on, and, and this is all with the people who aren't part of the ethnic group. On Columbus Day, everybody goes on Twitter and talks about how great it was. <laughs> there was a, a, people taking hands from innocent women and children. And they're like, this was great because they have the Bible now. Like we couldn't have fucking floated the Bible to them. As if Columbus was the one with the Bible going, hey, you ever? No, right. it was the Franciscans. Remember, it was, it was Catholics who did this. It was the Franciscan friars who would go and learn people's languages and be like hey i know they're really bad but that's kind of what the book is trying to tell you that's who brought the religion not fucking columbus with his stupid hat ladies and gentlemen (laughs) and then cinco de mayo where you revel and you eat and stuff yourself (laughs) that's it's literally the three the three italian the three it's might as well be the three Catholic holidays <laughs> in this country are, are literally just wa- wasps devising ways to make me annoyed on this podcast. That's what it is. <laughs> Fuck, man. Well, and if that just isn't the sum of American history in reality, though, isn't it? No. The wasps man. poking gentle fun at every other ethnic group. They and they get it back. Them. They get it back. It's fine. Oh, yeah. They get it back. They really get it back. But st- I mean, my God, when I see like a fucking guy who's who goes out there and goes and, and he's I don't know, some ethnic group that isn't Italian-American. And he's like, thank you, Columbus. 
for conquering, uh, and they don't know who. They think he landed in America, not in fucking Puerto Rico or wherever he landed. This whole <laughs> holiday pisses me off so much. The interactions between people. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the interactions between different people who simply refuse to have a nuanced point of view. Are over a day, which is supposed to be about celebrating people like me. So where's my fucking gratitude that I'm that I'm here, that I that I am the person I am. I don't get any. Columbus gets it. Fuck Columbus. And not not for any of the edgy ways, but because he's taken my spotlight. My spotlight. Pisses me off. See, that was rant number one. <laughs> Take that off the list. Listeners, when this comes around next year, I want you to bookmark this episode and remember Today is Bird Arcus wow. Day. We're done with Columbus Day. It's over. It's useless. It's you bird wouldn't even day like Columbus. Today. You wouldn't even have liked the guy. I I would hate. The I think guy. everybody would. He was I'm a sure northern most Italian. Of the would too. Who was an art? He was an art Dirt fan. Bag. He would have had a TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. He would have had a TikTok. A br- he would have had a BAP style Twitter page, ladies and gentlemen. It's cringe. It's cringe. Man, worse than Bap, given the sort of guys he was running around with, he'd be one of those esoteric thread posters bragging about his friends in the Knights Templars, would he be? Or how about Columbus would have tweeted like Paul Fahrenheit? Just a tedious (laughs) (laughs) intellectual (laughs) dickhead. Unbelievable. The Neil deGrasse Tyson of Northern <laughs> Italians. That's the caliber of guy you're celebrating. I want you to know is he'd be online and he'd be tweeting individual emoji responses to people who disagree with him. That's the kind of guy. The Michael Malice of the Northern Italian race is what <laughs> is the guy you're celebrating. People are going, what do you have a problem with Michael Malice? Everybody. I got a problem with everybody today. <laughs> It's my day. It's bird day. Yeah. <laughs> it's bird, bird day. day. I get a birthday and I get bird day. I need two days. Columbus would have had a podcast and you know it wouldn't have been that great. It would have been like fucking, what's that guy? That guy no. uh, who fought in, uh, in the Kyber Pass who has a podcast. Jocko. I don't got a pro- problem with Jocko as a human being, but his podcast is like... Oh, I feel like I've heard that His podcast around. is like, all right, tell a joke. <laughs> That's the guy Columbus is. That's who Columbus is. Well, actually, to be honest, I respect because the hustle. it's not like Spain and Iberia was his first stop for no, money either, it was wasn't. it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Hunter Biden's going to jail. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah. You don't like... uh, Do you remember when that stuff about him having that gun first came out? I do, but that's not even why he's going to jail. From what I understand. They didn't get him for that gun? No, the chart... Literally, the... No, man. Literally, the chart... They're getting him on tax. Fucking tax crimes, dude. Isn't that some bullshit? The old Capone option, eh? That's... People don't understand that taxation, you know, it's theft, okay? I'm taking a bold stance here. It is. 
Look at a bold stance today. <laughs> I'm trying to win a lot of my listeners back <laughs> after besmirching fucking Columbus. <laughs> it's taxation is fucking theft, dude. What an edgy thing to say on our I know. podcast. Taxation I know. is theft. I know. You remember the first time you heard taxation is theft and you were like, wow. That's great. <laughs> like, like it's like it's a, a bumper Man, sticker. So the first time I heard it, the first time I heard it, I was at a y'all meeting my freshman year of college. Wow. And I thought it was just the most ridiculous nonsense I'd ever heard. <laughs> like, I even agree with it. And I just I thought it was a tedious talking point. Yeah. And, you know, of course, I've used it myself. It can be an effective rhetorical tool, but. For the life of me, the first time I heard it, I was like, really? That's what you guys are going to go with it's, here? It's low. It's low. I'm going to say it. It's low IQ. It's low IQ proof. It's a great weapon if you need to fend off somebody who's had no, had never had a thought in their life before. Yeah. I've used it to great effect uh, against idiots like you know what i mean like i've used it to great effect against people who have never who don't really know what taxes even are which is a lot of, it's a lot of people man like uh especially you know being in college there's a lot of people who try and figure out what their paycheck is worth for the first time at their first real job get it it's not the amount they did their ninth grade math skills to figure out and they don't know oh, what yes. the hell is going on. And you try to explain it to them, and they still don't get it. That's the sort of person you're talking about. No, they don't get it. That's the thing. You go, well, the government needs this to build roads. And they go, oh, okay. They never go, the roads are bad, dude. They're terrible. They never make the next thing. So anyway, it's theft. Taxation is theft. Um, what else do I have to say to win him back? I remember the first time that I heard taxation is theft. I, it was actually, this is crazy because it sounds much later than it is. I probably heard it before, but never in the same way. I see a lot of words tweeted and don't ever absorb the thought or message. It just leaves my brain as soon as I see it. The first time I actually heard somebody say taxation is theft was do you know who Ben Burgess is? My left listeners will know. I can tell you I've heard the name, but I couldn't pick a tweet out of a crowd or nothing, you know? He's the left... Uh, he's a bread tuber, I guess you'd call him. Um, although I don't know if he actually has a YouTube, but he's a bread tuber in mentality. A, a sort of a more sophisticated Vosh. Uh, he's a logician. I don't. I think that's a f probably a fake uh, profession. It but one hundred percent. I'll wait to hear if, any, if we have any real. logistic listeners. Uh, he's a logician. It has to be. It has to be totally. Yeah, you can't be paid for something like that. But anyway, so Ben Burgess was like, taxation can't be theft because taxation and theft are different. <laughs> and that was the. That was my. <laughs> paraphrased version of the argument his argument was basically that taxation can't be theft because then it would be theft and we wouldn't call it taxation 
And his the various corollaries were things like because the thief doesn't spend the money to buy a road that you get to use is what what like how it wasn't theft it was because the basically one reason was because the money was put to a use that you can get some use out of was like one way that he was like see they're different and um you know yeah it does bread tube i mean essentially miss the point in its in its foundation does bread tube miss the point i think the answer is obviously yes i would say yes if I get stabbed and I don't call it a stabbing, then I was not stabbed. It, right, <laughs> right. It's just ridiculous. I it's I can't take anyone I who hate, uses that style and this of is argumentation what, seriously. I really can't. I. This is what Wittgenstein was saying about how language means we can't really ever know anything. Because like my two options are in that situation are now I gotta now I gotta fucking entertain this crap to get you out of it. And I don't want to. I really don't want to. Or the other option is I can kill the person <laughs> making the argument. <laughs> and and you're not legally allowed right. to do that. Right. So you're trapped in this a sort of Bread tubers need to stop. How about that? How about we isolate the point to the bread tubers in this case? Well, I think the more general point is this is exactly why it's bad to allow people the option of exit. You know, without this getting cut into a soundbite and made to sound like it's something it's really not, this is why people should be allowed to live in groups away from other people. You know, the power over your own communities constitution is exactly why we can't have nice things well pause tribalism is in itself a means of preventing the global acceptance of absolute truth pause what do we have we have to strive to accept a standard of something right i'm a globalist i'm a globalist what can i say I am a globalist only with the proviso that it's boys chat determining what the global truth is. I agree that we need a pyramid-like structure for truth where only a select few mysterious guys who nobody really knows how they got there, but it's always been this way. Five, or, five to 11 mysterious guys get to decide what's true, and we all have to accept it like how we have to accept that in mon the Monopoly game, you're not allowed to just fucking go more spaces than you roll a die for. You know, we have to just we have to <laughs> yeah. just accept yeah. a, a small, extre dude, extremely small and utterly detached group of about five to seven mysterious guys. And that they'll be the ones that will tell us what's true. And like it or not, we have to accept that. And I think if we did that, we'd certainly be in a different place. <laughs> it would be a different world. Yeah. Is that like a high? It's probably got to be some sort of a Philip K. Dick novel that I just wrote. <laughs> I would imagine. Man, I don't know, I man. There was a. There was a bit in one of Keel's books talking about the scientific world order and sort of playing with the facetious idea of an organization called Wings Over the World. 
where it was exactly that, just a small group of scientists in a UFO beaming the truth down to people because they couldn't comprehend themselves. You know, and I just wanted to, to clarify, it doesn't, they can't, don't have to be scientists. In my, in my, in no, my in organization, fact, they be. they're just judges and not in the legal sense. They're just the chosen ones, you know, let's just choose them already. Judges <laughs> in the extremely <laughs> biblical sense, right? <laughs> I think, think I'm looping myself into Catholicism again. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know, man. I don't. Uh, I'm tired of people saying different things. How about that? I'm tired of people having <laughs> differing opinions that they can't yield to other opinions. I'm tired of it. Everybody's in, stuck in the mud, in the rut. Nobody agrees anymore. We ha- we have there's no agreement. It's basically illegal to agree at a certain point. You would you think know, the it whole was. The system stops working as soon as people start agreeing on things. Why do you think people don't agree anymore? Do you, do you think we used to li- live in a world where people agreed more? I think that it at least used to be the case where people were able to shrug off differences significantly easier. Yeah, like in the 90s. In the 90s, we were the best, we were the most, we were the most U.S. ever. The most, oorah, let's fucking go. In the 90s, it was like you, you were a f- considered a feral beast if you weren't all in on the America thing, the mo- Christian moral majority dude holding it together. I don't know what it is. The nineties rocked. Well, clearly it was the enlightened leadership of the Clinton family, right? I was thinking I had this outlined on a little, on a episode that I did with Lee I recorded the first part of it, but my internet went out. It was 50 minutes, but we were not even halfway done for sure. About how, like, with looking at Biden, we're in, like, Bush senior term eight, I think, at this point. There's no difference when it comes to everything other than inflation. There's no difference in the behavior of Biden all the way back through every other president to Bush Sr. There is, a, there is sort of like we're at the end of what the Romans had, the five good emperors. We're coming to the close of that. Even Trump is identical to the others. He was the upstart one of the five. He was, you know, he was the one who took it to the man, but essentially he did all the same things domestically and foreign and foreign. Functionally indistinguishable outside of rhetoric. It's yeah. Thank you for putting it because it is. It's just rhetoric. And you might go, well, what about like there's certain cultural changes that have occurred under Biden that occurred under Trump that different ones. These things are so minor. But, you know, we we can't even allow those things to be attributed to our leader either, though. That's true. You know, culture is shaped 
by the response to people and response to power structures, not by the power structures themselves. Yeah, I mean to say the steps that Biden has taken uh, in favor of a change in American culture. Uh, like they are overseeing di- changes. You know, I want to just it's ensure that like Trump grew out of the grassroots, a populist movement that hadn't been around since Nixon, practically speaking. And there's some other small rises, but he brought this. I don't even want to call it Tea Party because the Trump movement is more Nixonian than it is Tea Party. I guess at the end of the day, the Tea Party is probably a break. One hundred percent. Yeah. But they he, he formed his own little movement, which won't go away. It's very small now, but it won't go away. Biden legitimizes drag queen story hour culture uh, in a way that presidents didn't before. It's a significant change to American history, American culture. But at the end of the day, we're still number fucking one, baby. On the global scene, I, I've been reading uh, Fisted by Foucault, the, the Substack page. Really good. Strong recommend. Really good analysis of yeah, politics. I have never read it myself, but does that poster still have a Twitter account? Uh, yes. Um, I think it's just fisted by Foucault. Um, it could be... For the life of me, Nicolo. I can't remember if I blocked them or if they got banned. One or the other. But I have not... Well, it was definitely one of those two things. Because I haven't seen that account since probably 2014. Like well, I posted in the GC recently. So I wonder if. I wonder. Because it got posted in the GC recently. Um, it was an article about how America's. I do remember that. Stronger yeah. than ever. How America as an empire is in a better place than it than at any other time in history compared to the other possibilities. So. The United States, where we stand today, is not the best United States ever, but in terms of being the best country as far as global dominance goes and as far as mitigating the inflation disaster goes, the U.S. is in a better position today than any other country in the world is, and and that and and so significantly that it's it's in a more advantageous position than it possibly has ever been in American history. That's probably the best way to put it. That's where we're at. And I read this article and I was like, fuck, what does that mean? Cause it's true. I mean, you read it. It's true. We are literally strangling Europe to death at very little cost to ourselves. It's stunning. What's going on in Europe yeah, right now. 100%. It's totally stunning. I was joking about how I hate Europeans. Man, you got to feel really sorry for them because they they have their leaders have sleptwalked into being strangled to death by Joe Biden's big hairy legs. It's brutal. Yeah. There's a Yeah, I mean, they don't even no, have an ahead, escape please. vector, right? I mean, how do they even get out from underneath it? They don't. They do not. No, 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 they don't. What happens is we're creating an anti-American Europe. Uh, in short order, we're going to be right back to hyperinflation days in Europe. They're going to decouple from the dollar is what's going to happen. Prices of 
Jesus, I, I had the stats I mean, up. Let me look for the do stats. You th- do you really think they will? Will they be allowed to? Um, well, they owe us a lot of fucking money, dude. So I don't really know. Okay, so let me just... I got statistics here. The value... So price inflation since the st- in Germany... Since the start of the war in Ukraine has gone up 30%. I want to get the start date of the Ukraine war was the 24th of February of this year. In eight months, price inflation mm-hmm. in Germany has gone up by 30%. Things that were a dollar are a dollar and 30 cents, quite simply put. It's fucking bad for them, dude. What is hyperinflation? I know it's measured on a month to month, but like yearly hyperinflation. Where are we at? Where are we at with this? Let's see. Well, so on that note, I want to offer a local anecdote. We talk about that 30% in eight months or so. I was having this conversation with a coworker literally just Saturday morning. No, it would have been Friday morning. My apologies. He was telling me he does literally all of his shopping at Walmart, right? Just one of those people. Uh And he was telling me about how just last year he could get a pack of 18 eggs for $1.50. And now they're costing five. Oh, shit, dude. What the fuck? And of course, the the rurals will be hit hardest. That's like a $4 increase, you know, from $1.50 to $5.50. It is, again, I go into this more with Lee, but I'll publish that episode. It'll be like two weeks from now. Uh, The construction of the people calling the shots is like a James Bond movie, dude. It's the executive branch and its various departments, especially the enforcement agencies like the CIA, the Department of Terrorism and Finance, like that stuff, on the one hand, Combined with ESG rating agencies, credit unions, uh, hedge funds, activist investors, and then and then the final group is marketers and education professionals. Oh my God! I know everybody knows about the cathedral, although the cathedral is, is in his writing is slightly different than what I just explained. But it's my God, dude! It's it's cr- so creepy. It's creepy. And the rurals and the Europeans will go down first in their, in their death drive uh, that they're subjecting all of us to over, a pl- over uh, Ukraine, over the Ukraine, whatever it is. I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to touch the Ukraine thing, though. Gonna, <laughs> not going to be baited into it. Count taken down. We had a COVID warning. I wonder if we'll get a Ukraine misinformation warning. <clears throat> They'll go two, $2,500 out of my PayPal account. Just like that. Oh. Man, so I was asking this because I genuinely don't know, and actually maybe you do. So I'm going to say this in relation to Ukraine in hopes that I can slake my insane thirst for knowledge that I don't really okay. need. What the fuck is this NAFO stuff that's been going around? Let's look into it. 
How's it spelled? Do you know what NAFO is? N-A-F-O. It's like a hashtag of insane social media <laughs> activists. The North Atlantic Fellas Organization, a play on NATO, is an internet meme and social media movement dedicated to countering Russian propaganda and disinformation about the 2022 Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Originally created when Twitter artist at comma underscore Camellia started adding modified pictures of a Shiba Inu dog, the fella, to photographs of Ukraine. NAFO, such as it is, was founded with a tweet. The Shiba Inu has a significant presence in online culture under the Doge meme. That's why they chose it. Started creating other custom fellas who donated to the Georgian League, an ethnic league of military units of Georgian volunteers fighting in for, for Ukraine in the Donbass. Fellas is considered a gender-neutral term. What is this? These are watchdogs? It's whatever it is. It's astroturfed. It's some sort of astroturfed insanity. And I'm sure that much at least, but I genuinely had no idea what the hell they were supposed to be other than unhinged NPCs. Is 4chan pro Ukraine? Like, what's. Who comprises these folks? I, I genuinely don't know. And that's why I'm asking because I've been trying to figure it out and I, I don't know what their angle is. Like, are they trying to appeal to the masses? Do they genuinely think they are doing what they claim they are doing? I don't know what their deal is. I can't figure them out. And I didn't know what it actually meant either until you told me. In just June, now. the group rose to mainstream. But I keep seeing them at the epicenter of all this stuff. The group rose to mainstream prominence after an interaction between Twitter, uh, the Twitter users, Ugh. And Russian diplomat Mikhail Ulyanov. I wonder if there's a relation. And a number of NAFO accounts with cartoon dogs as advertisers. After Ulyanov claimed the 2022 Russian invasion was justified and that Ukraine had allegedly shelled civilians in the Donbass, the user Livfaust Dai Young. Doesn't that make you want to shoot yourself in the head? Live Faust, die young? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. We have a bomb. All of Ukraine civilians, because Ukraine was fighting an internal war and some civilians got shelled. Mikhail Yulianov responds, you pronounced this nonsense, not me. Um... I guess he's saying that NAFO has misreported things. Like, that's a... You, you said it, not me, I guess. Um, I don't... This is very strange. German broadcaster ZDF rejects the notion that NAFO is an operation of the CIA. Quote, The fact that NAFO is financed by the CIA is just a self-deprecating joke among Twitterers. All right, fair enough. That's, that's fair. I can imagine Twitter users being like, yeah, we're sponsored by the CIA. I mean, they are doing the CIA's okay. work. They just, it's funny that they would mock the CIA 
But, you know, they'd be an asshole hair away from their, what they're doing. <laughs> so, whatever. That's fine. Reception. You want to hear about the reception uh, that people have to NAFO? <clears throat> yes, I would love to hear what the media thinks NAFO, reception is. Which can be described as a Western civil society response to Russian campaigns is part of a larger, quote, battle for sovereignty of interpretation on shared online spaces. According to Politico, a really reliable source, quote, to delve into NAFO is to get a crash course on how online communities from the Islamic State to far-right Boogaloo movement to this ragtag band of online warriors have weaponized internet culture. American media, media studies, prof now I was a media studies minor for my attendance in college. And the one thing that I can tell you is if you take the opinion of a, quote, media studies major seriously, you have a de mental deficiency. Professor Jamie Cohen argues that the NAFO movement is, quote, an actual tactical event against a nation state. British Lebanese journalist Oz they're so tiresome <laughs> they're so they're so I'm sorry please go on it's unbelievable British Lebanese journalist Oz Katerji asserts that NAFO quote has hampered Russian propagandists and made them look absurd and ridiculous in the process this may or may not be true. I really, I, don't, I haven't heard about this until today, so I don't know if there are making. Russia is kind of doing a lot of ridiculous things itself. Man, all I've seen of them, they're they're doing a just fine job discrediting themselves. These guys are just posting shitty Doge memes and foaming is this at the like, mouth. Uh, the t like the type of people who like Dash Dabrowski and and. Brooklyn de Dad Defiant and like is it that kind of crowd of like obviously DNC funded uh, actors or is it like really internet weirdos they're alike in character yeah, that's if what not I want to know is like how do these folks carry themselves no it when I was calling it astroturfed it's because it seems like they're I called them AstroTurf because they seem like they're paid off and don't actually know how yeah, internet because I haven't works. seen them yeah. and I am a part of internet culture. I, I mean, I am a f like they they have right. heavy blue, yeah, wave, blue vibes. wave vibes. Okay, yeah, that that's what I'm trying to like. Where are we at with these folks? But it, okay, I get it. So um, let's keep going. Russia has deployed troll farms effectively in the past. Its confused reactions to NAFO may stem from its, quote, turgid ideological propaganda about Ukraine. According to the Cyber Warfare Unit of the United States Army, the 780th Military Intelligence Brigade, quote, well, a bunch of dingoes, I'm sure, quote, for an online... Is that the same unit that PSYOP Girl is attached to? Uh, do you know the PSYOP girl's name? It's entirely possible name? I just recognize them from other bullshit I've done, though. No, but you know who I'm talking about, right? You, no, describe. There's a lot of PSYOP ladies. 
there was that e-girl who was talking about how she is an e-girl and that she also is in the U.S. Military oh. Psychological Operations Unit. I do remember this. And she was, like, doing a TikTok dance in her uniform. I am, you know what, man? I don't know now that I'm looking into it. It, of course, doesn't tell you what they do. It's just offensive cyberspace operations. Of course not. That's what they do. It initiates, so it's just, it's the, it's the CIA of the army, from what I understand, in my cursory reading. Well, the CIA of the army is something else, but I know I've definitely run into these guys before. Stunning. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, they said of this NAFO thing, quote, for an online community like NAFO, hostile mention from an official propaganda outlet of its target is evidence its ridicule is achieving the desired effect. You know, I didn't hear the fucking government say a thing when Anonymous basically took down and, and revealed all the IPs of all the people using all the porno websites for that children were on. I don't remember I don't remember any of these fucks saying a thing. Right, which is how you know this is an op. Fucking sh for sure it's an op. Ugh. I think whose op is probably still up in the air yet, actually, but... This makes me sick. This, you know, this country has gone to the dogs. Gone to the dogs. It's hard to disagree with that. Geopolitical... Did you hear about this, dude? Now, for about f fucking three weeks on this show, we've been talking about burning trash for the Ukraine as a way to make climate change uh, occur more rapidly so that the Ukraine will warm during the, this cold upcoming winter where they have no gas. Did you hear that we're getting stories about how out of Poland they are now burning yeah, trash idea. to stay warm? <laughs> dude, it's fucking getting really bad. I had heard some stories about that. I haven't actually read any of the stories, but I've seen them being passed around. Polish temperatures are about to go down to a to a 32 degrees per day, and that's in our correct interpretation of temperature. 32 degrees. It's going to be chilly. Very chilly. And they don't have anything to heat there. I can't... Do me a favor, Paz. Like... Can you logitiate for me? Can you put some, some rationality behind the idea that you are a European nation and you've completely surrendered your energy grid to the two largest empires in the world, neither of whom like you? What's going on? Like, what is in that? What are they thinking? What are they thinking? If I had to wager any kind of guess... I have to imagine that they're incorrectly thinking that the U.S. wants their fealty enough that they'll find a way to come through for them. Do you think that with this hyperinflation shit, they're finally starting to realize, oh, okay, I guess nobody's on our side. You'd think they would have realized that already, but this goes back to what we were talking about with the castrated leadership problem in Europe, right? These people genuinely don't or didn't understand. Yeah. They forgot, rather. More than anything else, they forgot that they are entitled to play the great game for themselves. It's a brilliant job. We've done a brilliant fucking job. 
Uh, we are on this podcast, Timeline Earth, very frustrated. But we are the number one Joe Biden tracking podcast in America. Joe Biden did something very... Uh, he, did it for, he did it for the libertarians, this one. He pardoned all federal offenses of simple marijuana possession. Posits a glorious day. Finally, the weed addicts can get what they want, I guess. Um, <laughs> did you see this news story? Yeah, I think we were talking about it a little bit, weren't we? Discussing the thousands and thousands of people it will impact. <laughs> I, yeah, Ford, they're saying over 75,000 Americans will be freed from jail right now because of this. And it's, um, yeah, I just think Joe is doing a great job. I really do. I think Joe's doing a great Wait a minute. I was looking at the wrong statistics. That was how many people Kamala Harris put in jail for simple mar- per- marijuana oh, possession yeah. in California. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so what's the Ooh, what's no. the real number? It's got to be even more then, right? <laughs> right? Unfortunately, pause. <laughs> it turns out that according to the horse's mouth herself, the <laughs> spokeswoman for the White House... The White House is saying that around 6,000 to 6,500 people will benefit from the removal of all prior offenses of simple marijuana possession. So, like, cool for them. Except, let's, what are some of the benefits, pause, to the removal or pardoning of a federal offense? Could we say... Second Amendment rights are restored. Could we say your voting rights are restored? Are those things are those things are yes, that would seem to be the case. Components of a citizen's rights in this country. Therefore, non-citizens don't have Second Amendment rights or voting rights federally in the country to be restored. That's correct, or at least it's supposed so, to be. That's interesting. That's very interesting. What group, pause, no matter how anybody feels about them, this is a fact. What group, other than prisoners, reside in this country and do not have, because they are not citizens, a Bill of Rights? Uh, would it be illegal immigrants, perhaps? Oh, my goodness, it is. Well, if 6,000 people will benefit, by the way, nobody's in jail for this charge, okay? Let's just get that right out of the way. Nobody's currently in jail for this charge in the country. Nobody's in jail. It's 6,000 people, therefore, who will have a prior offense, which, is, which uh, takes their rights away if they're citizens. Did you know, pause, that that group that does not have rights to be restored and therefore will not benefit. 91% of the estimated 6,000 to 6,500 are illegal immigrants. Most of them, in fact, I think it's another 90% of which have been arrested on the Arizona-Mexico border. (laughs) So right there, knock out 
5,400 to 5,900. Because they don't have any rights to restore. The vast majority of those people get deported. The rest are in holding to be deported. Is how that works. They don't release any of these people onto the streets. I just hope people understand that. They all are get they all get deported. And guess what happens? They're still gonna get deported after this, by the way. They still are gonna get I looked into it. They're still gonna get deported. Because they caught them and they're not citizens. The whole Biden shipping people around the country in buses, it's governors doing this. Let's just wake up. Nine percent of the group of the estimated 6,000 to 6,500 people, call it 600 to 650, will truly benefit. That's right. 600 to 650 people will have their rights, rightfully. So I don't think simple marijuana is a thing you should charge people over. Certainly not take their rights away. You fine them. So stupid enough. But to take their rights away is crazy. It's criminal to do that to someone. 600. You would think the way that they're talking this up, 900,000 Americans were in federal prison for simple marijuana. You would think. It might be that number uh, on the state level, by the way. (laughs) It might be that number on the state level. It might be. Kamala Harris had a nice thing to say. She said, nobody deserves to go to prison for weed. So, I bet she even managed to say it with a straight face, too. I think she was smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was smiling when she said it. Because she knows everybody listening is enough of a mistake to believe her. So that's what's happening. I haven't heard word about... um, any new pardons for people. I think some governors have already pardoned people for the state-level offense. A lot, in fact. Simple marijuana is um, a, a charge that still exists on the books in terms of the legend. It's very hard to turn back written laws, but the executive branch certainly doesn't have to enforce them. So functionally, a lot of these laws have just been turned over in a lot of states already. So, um, yet another case of uh, everybody who's already done it has done it, and the White House could just did it to look good. And you know what? They fucking do, man. They look great. White House looks incredibly good, if you're not me or you. It's a huge optics win, right? Giant. For the normies, it's a huge optics win. The only people who vote are the normies. People go, nobody's going to buy this, and then they don't vote. <laughs> They got they they judge whether or That's not exactly they're right, be- right. The people it, who the people who believe this at face value are the people who still vote. The only ones who vote. So it's it and they know by the way and by the way they know that they know you are the only, that you're clued in and you're not going to counter the vote of the idiot because you stay home. And I'm not advocating to go vote. I'm just right. letting you know they know the jig is up, guys. The game is up. They figured it out. They know and they don't care because these tricks are still fucking working. They will work in perpetuity. (laughs) It it is a self-feeding system. I hope you all enjoy that yours are the tears that oil the gears of the machine. 
I hope you all just love that. We are fucked. You know what? I'm ending the episode on that. Happy fucking spooky season, everybody. I'm sick of it already. I'm sick of it. Happy bird day. Thanks, man. We need a little more bird day here around here. We need a little more bird day. Um, you got any plugs you want to make? Anything interesting going on in your life? No, man. I've been insanely busy lately. Yeah, uh, there's more SDS on the way. Yes. Hopefully, if I can ever get the time for it. I'm sorry, dear audience. I'm sorry. It's coming. Well, we got That's an SDS out. You're doing good yeah, on that. Yeah, but that was recorded in yeah, August. That's fair. That's fair. That was recorded in fucking August. I, I got a couple of. We got an episode up on the on the into the cave. No, well, we got an, we got an over the line in into the cave will be out soon. I got an interesting topic, but everybody knows how this month works when it comes to the podcast. There will be a spooktacular. We oh, are yes. we are going to put a spooktacular out. Of course, as busy as the year is. Putting a spooktacular out. It's not going to be nine fucking hours, ladies and gentlemen. I sure promise you that. I promise you that. But it will be there. Uh, I am looking forward to it. It's always fun to do. Um, but yeah. So, listeners, uh, go fuck yourselves. Because because they're fucking you already, right? So you might as well, if you can't beat them, join them. Amen. Amen. <laughs>